listening to another edition of the Jesco Bike Podcast. I'm your host, TJ Jeskowitz from Ragbri, and I'm flying solo today because Mark Wyatt is not with me. This is the podcast where we talk about cycling just for the fun of it. And there'll be tales from the Ragbri Nation. Um, we're going to talk today just about the Ragbri Nation because AKA Murph, Kathy Murphy, actually talked to all eight Ragbri towns. So we got a little sneak peek of Ragbri 47. So I'm not going to talk a whole lot. We're going to get right to those interviews because Murph did some great ones. It's going to be a little bit longer podcast, but you know what? If you're getting ready for Ragbri, you want to give it a little, give it a little bit of a listen here because you're going to hear some tidbits of information you don't want to miss. Any of those good little nuggets so give a listen well hello just go bike podcast listeners aka murph here and this week i'm talking with each of the 2019 ragbri towns to find out what we can expect as we pedal across the state so first up is mark to tell us a little bit about Council Bluffs. Hey, Mark. Hey. So uh, I think I already know the answer to this question, but has Ragbri ever been to Council Bluffs in the past? Oh, my, yes. Yeah. Uh, this will be our seventh time. Whoa. Most recently in 2013, so we were kind of due. Yeah. Wow. Well, um, I'm sure listeners know that uh, I can, well, I call this, I don't know if anybody else does, but I call this day zero, which is Saturday. And this is the day when everybody um, has to get from wherever they live, get themselves, their bike, their gear, and get to Council Bluffs um, where the pedaling starts on Sunday. So uh, day zero, you know, I'm sure there's some people that still bike, um, but most of people are coming in, finding their campground, and then heading to the expo, which is huge. It's tons and tons of bike vendors, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but maybe first off, can you give us a brief history of Council Bluffs, like maybe a fun fact or two for listeners? Sure. Uh, Council Bluffs is certainly a unique name. In fact, I don't think there's any other town other than Council Bluffs with that name. Mm. And that actually dates back to the Lewis and Clark expedition, believe it or not. Wow. Council Bluffs kind of refers to that uh, interaction between the expeditions, Lewis and Clark, uh, with the native tribes in the area, having a council in the bluffs, and the bluffs refer to the Lust Hills. So, Hmm. fun fact to know, and uh, you you mentioned uh, day zero. Council Bluffs itself is actually mile marker zero Uh for the first transcontinental railroad, which celebrated its 150th anniversary this year. Oh, cool. Very cool. Well, when you look at um, Ragbri, um, tell us a little bit about, you know, maybe what role you're planning or what you've been doing in the planning and how you're doing with volunteers so far. Sure. Um, I was tapped either because someone wanted to keep me really busy or they (laughs) thought I could juggle a lot. Uh, But I'm (laughs) co-chairing three committees with uh, Ashley Cruz, who works for the City of Council Bluffs. She and I are heading up the uh, hospitality, publicity, and web and social media committees. So we have been super busy. It's been a divide and conquer kind of situation, uh, but I think we've gotten ourselves where we need to be. Uh, For volunteers going into it, and this was something headed up by another individual, but their goal was to have something like 250 volunteers, and we're very close to reaching that. 
uh, but we're still out recruiting and we think we'll be in fine shape by, uh, you know, the weekend in hand. So uh, we're excited about it. A lot of people are. Yeah. Um, it's hard to think about how much work goes into getting ready for a bunch of bicyclists to invade your town. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, I've been in tourism for 32 years, but this is the first time I've been involved with a community hosting RAGBRAI. So it's been an eye-opening <laughs> experience, very educational, and uh, you know, it's been something I can add to my resume. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, what can riders um, expect as they uh, get, get done with their drive and they arrive in Council Bluffs on Saturday? Well, you know, kind of ground zero is we're kind of referring to things in those terms uh, is around the Mid-America Center. Uh, One Arena Way uh, is kind of hosting the expo with the vendors and entertainment, those types of things. Uh, We're gearing up and uh, we've put together, I think, a a good lineup of entertainment, Mm -hmm. a couple of bands that are local favorites that play covers of top 40 songs. Uh, one that's going to be a warm-up act is the Polka Police. Oh. Uh, they kind of sound fun. And then Taxi Driver is going to be the one that's really going to kick things into gear as we get into Saturday evening. So a lot of things going on around there. Uh, past riders are going to be familiar with that from 2013 and 2009 when we hosted uh, those years. That's where things were basically centered. So it'll be familiar territory for a lot of folks. Mm-hmm. And um, looking specifically at the Expo, um, I know that the Expo runs from 12 to 9. Um, I'll be there at the Iowa Bicycle Coalition booth. And, of course, RAGBRAI will have a booth there. Um, But along with that, it'll be almost everything you would ever need or have forgotten um, coming to RAGBRAI, whether you need jersey or shoes or helmet or sunscreen or um, you know, the, the newest, latest, greatest thing bicycle related, I think you can actually even buy bicycles at some of the vendors, which, um, if you go to Ragbrai without a bike, that's maybe a different story. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you're very confident you're going to be able to find one on site, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, can you say again where the location is of the expo? It is, uh, actually north of the Mid-America Center, and that address is One Arena Way, mm-hmm. on the west side of the city, uh, not far from the Missouri River and within sight of the Omaha skyline. Uh, this has been where things kind of have worked well before. Uh, you can kind of lean on the facilities and the amenities of the Mid-America Center, which is our convention center, expo hall, and arena. Uh, it's a fairly large facility with 64,000 square feet. Oh, wow. Uh, not far from Bass Pro Shop, so if anyone needs to buy something from them, that's yeah. close by. And then uh, not far from Horseshoe Casino, so if anyone feels lucky, they can just stroll <laughs> over there and check that out as well. Awesome. Well, while people are in town and you know maybe they've already gone to the expo or getting their campsite ready, are there any must-see places you would recommend they visit while they're there? Sure. Yeah. You know, on Saturday in particular, from 10 to 4, uh, the Union Pacific Railroad Museum is going to be open. It's it's normal hours. Unfortunately, they're not open on Sunday, but people will be busy bicycling to Atlantic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Union Pacific Railroad Museum kind of touches upon, you know, what I mentioned earlier about uh, the Transcontinental Railroad 150th anniversary. Uh, it's outstanding. It's free admission, but very, very well done. I highly recommend that. Uh, For those who do want to make sure they get their uh, back tire dipped in the the Missouri, I believe that's 
protocol. Uh, they are going to have a dipping station, so to speak, uh, at the expo. Uh, we've had some flooding, so there's a little bit of an issue in terms of access. Uh, but one place that I do highly recommend, especially if they haven't gone to it in prior years, is the Bob Carey Pedestrian Bridge, which crosses the Missouri River. And in fact, it's a great photo op to have one foot in Iowa and one foot in Nebraska. Oh, you could nice. Say, was at the very edge, the western edge of Iowa for Ragbri. Awesome. Both both awesome things to think about. And um, with, you know, flooding, sometimes it's not um, going to be safe to go act to the actual river. So it's nice that you're bringing the river to the riders um, and they'll have to be on the lookout for where they can dip at the expo. Well, absolutely. And uh, one other place that they'll be able to do that as they're bicycling on Sunday is uh, as they depart the Mid-America Center area and are heading out of town, there's going to be a stopover point uh, at an area called the 100 block. This is the historic downtown area of Council Bluffs, and there's several businesses that are going to be open that are going to be catering breakfast and drinks, Mm -hmm. and uh, it's a nice stopping point. Uh, TJ has kind of cited that as a natural point to stop as you're heading to that first pass through town, and they're going to have a dipping station there, food, beverages, uh, an opportunity to connect with some folks maybe that you didn't find in the campgrounds or any other place. So it'll be a great way to kind of get yourself going and out uh, of Council Bluffs, but fully uh, full of breakfast and fully refueled if you, uh, if you like. Awesome. And speaking of uh, leaving town, leaving Council Bluffs, um, how would you describe the terrain the first, you know, five or so miles? Is it going to be nice and flat for for us or are we going to have some hills ahead of us? Well, you know, uh, at least the western part of Council Bluffs is a historic floodplain, so fairly flat. Mm -hmm. And so as riders go from the Mid-America Center area to the 100 block, it's going to be fairly flat. It's going to be pretty consistent. It's after you leave the 100 block and you're about, oh, I'd say three quarters out of Council Bluffs. You still have a little bit to go. Uh, You're going to hit what passes through all of Council Bluffs, which is the Less Hills itself. Oh, yes. Okay. And so as you pass the two hospitals that are here in Council Bluffs, you're going to start going up an incline. Mm -hmm. And I would say that it's probably three quarters to a mile uh, long in terms of going uphill And then after that, it's all downhill and you get into a relatively flat area as you head, you know, head towards Underwood, which would be the first pass through town. So I guess the riders will be able to gauge if they've done enough training miles based on that first couple miles out of your town, right? Right, right. The the Les Hills are, you know, such a unique, beautiful landform, but, you know, they do create a little bit of a hurdle for, uh, for riders, but... Again, if you've got some veterans there, they'll know to expect that. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, for people who want to kind of uh, take a look at what's happening in Council Bluffs before they head to Ragbri, where um, can they go to look as far as social media sites? Uh, well, one place I would recommend for sure would be uh, ragbricb.com as far as a website goes. Uh, that's kind of the, the first stopping point. And then in terms of... Uh, Social media, we do have accounts on Facebook and uh, Instagram that would be Ragbri CB or Ragbri Council Bluff. Awesome. Uh, labeled, and uh, those would be some of the best sources to go in terms of just getting some information 
And if you want to post something and, and want to see it on there, you know, put a hashtag and, you know, somewhat like RagBryCB and uh, it'll show up in our feeds and you can get the get your friends and family in the know in terms of what you're doing in route. Sounds good. Well, Mark, we're excited to uh, get things kicked off and get to Council Bluffs and see your town and then also uh, get to that expo. Yeah, we're excited for everyone. We've had a hardworking committee and uh, just excited to have everyone here and send them off in you know, good fashion. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for being on the podcast. You bet. My pleasure. Let's talk about day one, which is Sunday, and on Sunday we'll be pedaling from Council Bluffs to Atlantic. Uh, so with me right now is Bailey from Atlantic. Hey, Bailey. Hi. How's it going? It's going good. How are you? Good. Well, thank you for being on the podcast and letting listeners know uh, what they can expect when they get to the awesome town of Atlantic. Yes, we're excited. Good. Well, first off, has Rackbri ever been to Atlantic in the past? Yes. This is our seventh time hosting Rag Brand. We did a little re- yeah, we did a little research and I don't like officially quote me, but I believe we tie one or two other communities in the state for most times hosting Rag Brian. So we're big fans. We love being able to host everyone, so we're excited. Yeah, that's awesome. And um, it probably means you guys are pros as far as planning goes. Yes, we like to think we're pros. Um, <laughs> we we try to make it seem like we're pros, but we have a lot of fun doing it. Yeah, good. Well, uh, start off with uh, like a, a little history of Atlantic, maybe a fun fact or two that listeners may uh, enjoy hearing. Yeah, so Atlantic was founded in 1868 by a surveyor by the name of Franklin H. Whitney. And he actually plowed our downtown, which is called Chestnut Street, with um, a furrow and was the mastermind behind getting the Rock Island Depot here, which created industry and jobs, which is how Atlantic began to flourish. Okay. And uh, history tells us that Atlantic got its name by a coin toss. Um, They flipped a coin between Atlantic and... Um, Pacific, the oceans, because we're right in between, and it landed on Atlantic, and that's how we got our name. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yes. That's yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when we look at Regbri specifically, um, what role are you going to be playing in the day, and how much planning have you been doing? I wear many hats. Um, I am the director of our Chamber of Commerce, so we're very heavily involved in the planning of RAGBRAI. Mm-hmm. I'm one of the executive chairs, um, so I work really closely with our two co-chairs, Nick and Kip Harris, um, and our other exec chair, Andrew Martin. And we're the communication hub, so anytime a writer has a question, they call us, they email us. Um, we help organize the website, we do all the publicity, the press releases, and I work really closely with all the other committee heads, making sure that everything's getting planned um, and organized and that they don't need anything and help them with any questions that they may have. So I, I kind of do a little of everything. Sure. <laughs> it's, hard to yeah. en- it's hard to envision how many hours of planning go into this one day for you guys. Yeah, 
it's a lot. We've been planning since January, um, literally the day after it was announced that RAGRAY was coming, uh, our inboxes started filling up and the phone started ringing. So we started planning immediately. There's 25 um, main committee chairs that, mm -hmm. and we meet numerous times throughout the month to make sure everything is on track and on schedule. And those committees also meet on their own during the month. So we put in, it's essentially another full-time job <laughs> right. um, for us. So, but we're having fun doing it. Sure. So you said there's like 25 um, main committee chairs, but then yeah. I'm sure that you have countless volunteers below all of those. Yes. Yep. We've got a lot of volunteers that are helping with campgrounds, housing, welcome committee, sanitation. The beer garden is our largest um, committee mm -hmm. and it's being run by our wonderful fire department nice. and the entertainment committee also has their hands full. So that's where a large portion of our volunteers have been throughout the planning process. But day of, um, is where we'll need all hands on deck. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, look at the, um, through the eyes of the bicycle rider as they're coming into Atlantic. Um, they have gone, Let's see, about 57 miles that day from Council Bluffs mm -hmm. to Atlantic and about 2,500 mm -hmm. feet of climb. So not a terribly mm -hmm. long day, but still, I mean, that's a significant yeah. amount of climb. So what will it be like, yeah. you know, those last few miles before they hit the town of Atlantic? Yeah, the last few miles, it's a little curvy, um, but there's a lot of farmland, obviously, that they'll be looking at. Mm -hmm. It's not super, super hilly. Um, it's kind of a, you're kind of going downhill as you're coming into town. Um, and as you start hitting city limits, you're going to see a lot of our industry. Mm -hmm. They'll see a couple of our factories in town. Um, and then as they come around the curve, they'll get a glimpse of our quarry or rock quarry, which oh, okay. is home to Schildberg Recreation. It's a large quarry with campground and biking trails. And then as they make their way into town they will um, get to see some residential areas before they hit the main drag of Atlantic which is home to a lot of our business community okay um, yeah so what kinds of things do you have planned for riders uh, as they hit that area yes yeah, so the welcome committee has some fun things planned um, they're gonna have a slip and slide um, banners and signage as they're coming in welcoming them to Atlantic music games um, making them excited and ready to celebrate a Sunday fun day in Atlantic. <laughs> awesome. Is, uh, what is your theme? Our theme is Sunday fun day. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah, we just want people to be able to relax, have some fun, play some games, meet new people, and then get to enjoy two great bands at the end of the night. Um, Freak About, which is a band out of Lincoln, and then we are hosting Hairball. Hairball, that's a ragbag yes. favorite. Yes, we are excited. It'll be it'll be the largest um, band and concert Atlantic's ever had. Mm -hmm. So we're really excited to be able to host them and show them what we're all about. And is that uh, entertainment going to be located right downtown, like right in the main area where yep, all your every, businesses yep, are? Every, yep, everything's going to be in our downtown district called Chestnut Street. It's six blocks long, and we have a huge, beautiful park at the top of our downtown, which is where 
Um, our beer gardens will be and the entertainment will be at the top of the street. And then the rest of our street will be filled with food vendors, ragbri vendors, and all of our downtown um, locally owned businesses. Sounds awesome. Well, if people, yeah, we're excited. If people get in, you know, a little early, get their camp set up, get showered up. Um, maybe can you mention a few must see places that they should visit while they're in town? Yes. So Atlantic is the Coca-Cola capital of Iowa. We're home to Atlantic Bottling, mm-hmm. which is a family-owned Coca-Cola distributor. They are one of the largest distributors in the Midwest. And so we like to celebrate them. And we have a Coca-Cola museum, which is very fascinating Ooh. to visit. If you've never been to one, there are three in the country, and we are lucky enough to have one of them. And it's located in our downtown area. So I highly recommend while they're wandering around to go check that out and get to see a glimpse of a bit of Atlantic's history as well. Awesome. And then we have a lot of, we have a lot of really awesome boutiques and shops downtown that I highly recommend they also spend some time in. Cool. Very cool. Well, if um, some of our listeners want to, you know, check into more details about Atlantic, uh, what sort of social media sites do you have available for them? So we have a Facebook page, it's Atlantic Ragbri, but we also have a website that has everything on it. It has a map, it has the entertainment schedule, um, how you can get involved, and that's AtlanticRagbri.com. Easy enough. Well, good deal. Yes. Thank you, Bailey, so much for coming on the podcast. Yes. And um, I, I'm speaking for all riders that we're very excited to come to your town. Well, I speak for Atlantic, and we're very <laughs> excited to get to welcome them for a seventh time. And for a good Sunday fun day. Yes, a good Sunday fun day. All right. Thanks, Bailey. Thank you. Well, day two is Monday. And on Monday, the riders will be pedaling from Atlantic to Winterset. So we have Ellen from Winterset on the podcast right now. Hey, Ellen. Hi. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Good. Yeah. Well, um, as riders experience day two, they will have 68 miles of bicycling throughout the day and about 2000 feet of climb. So let's talk a little bit about um, Winterset specific. Um, Ellen, has Ragbri ever been to Winterset in the past? Yeah, it's actually just been here one other time as an overnight town, okay. and it's kind of interesting that it's exactly um, 28 years to the date wow. for us. So the last time they were here was Monday, July 22nd, 1991, and now they'll be here again Monday, July 22nd, 2019. So we're really excited to have them back. How crazy is that? Yeah. Wow. Well, uh, how about um, just a brief history of Winterset, maybe a fun fact or two, um, so that listeners can kind of, you know, think about what they're going to be seeing when they come into town. Yeah, so Winterset is nearly 170 years old. So as you can imagine, we have lots of history in town from our covered bridges, the Bridges of Madison County movie, Mm -hmm. John Wayne, and a bunch of other stuff. Um, So there's a lot here to see. Uh, But one interesting fact about Winterset is really how it got its name. Winterset itself is a unique name. Mm -hmm. Um, So when the town was getting incorporated, they were meeting to discuss what the name should be. And the one they had kind of decided on was Somerset. 
but when they were making this decision, it was the middle of January. And as you can imagine, um, January in Iowa is not that pleasant sometimes. And that winter especially was bad. So somebody in the corner was like, Somerset, you should call it Winterset. And that's how the name came about. And it stuck. How crazy. And it stuck. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Well, um, I don't know if you have people on your volunteer committee that were actually part of the first time Ragbrag came through Winterset. But um, tell us a little bit about, you know, the role you have in planning for this big day and um, maybe a little bit about, you know, do you have a lot of volunteers set up? How, how, is, how is that coming along? So things are really moving along, thankfully, since we're only 12 days away. We're nearly there. Um, But I am the publicity chair for Winterset Ragbri. So myself and my committee, we're kind of charged with coming up with what the theme and logo are. Mm -hmm. Um, And in Winterset, it's Winterset where everyone's a winner. Nice. Um, And then, then we help, like, decorate the town to incorporate that theme and get out all the maps that writers need and do any press releases and media work, um, just making sure that everybody is aware of all of the stuff we have going on around town. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've had a great, um, we have great support from our community. So we've gotten a lot of people to step up and help, you know, either by being a volunteer or help plan or even just sponsoring, because as you can imagine, an event of this size takes some funds to put on. So our community has been really great um, in helping out. But with we expect about 30,000 people just because of our proximity to Des Moines. Mm-hmm. And then the next day's ride into Indianola is only like, it's just under 40 miles. Mm-hmm. So we really feel like there'll be a lot of people here. So we can always use more hands. So anybody who is interested in helping out, there's definitely lots of opportunity for them to do so. Yeah. And I'm guessing that you'll take volunteers up until game time. She- Shoot, they can come, you know, noon that day, and we'll we'll gladly put them somewhere. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, let's think about, you know, the actual bicyclists as they're coming into Winterset. Mm-hmm. What are they going to see um, as far as the terrain? You know, obviously we're in Iowa, so there's lots of farmland. But uh, give us mm-hmm. some specifics of what riders will see coming into your town. Yeah. So the last stop they make that day before they get to Winterset is in a nearby town called Earlham. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have a 17 ride mile ride from Earlham to Winterset. So the first like 10 miles of that stretch is, is pretty hilly, mm. um, kind of nice rolling hills, but it is it is hilly. But once they turn west or start to come east and get to come to Winterset, it's nice and flat. And if the wind is in their favor, they're going to have a great ride into town. Oh, that's always nice to hear as a cyclist. Yeah. yeah. Good. Well, then, okay, so now they have made it into town. Um, you know, you, you briefly mentioned your theme, but what kinds mm-hmm. of things are they going to see as they roll into town? Yeah, so with our theme where everyone's a winner, we're trying to recreate like a, a race-like atmosphere. So if you've ever been to a marathon or anything like that, that's kind of what we hope to have here in town. Um, we'll have mile markers as they come into town, which can be a blessing and a curse. Sometimes you don't want to know that you still have 10 <laughs> miles to go, but we'll have those to welcome them to town. And then we're going to have a big finish line arch like they do at those races oh, yeah. with an announcer and a very arbitrary time clock um, <laughs> so people can pretend that they're they're winning. And then we'll have medals that we'll hand out to everybody. Um, and then we're also just encouraging people to be out decorating their yards and cheering people on as they come into town. That sounds so fun. And who doesn't want a medal or to go through the arches and say, I won. I won today. That's right. (laughs) Everyone finally gets to win a day of rag (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, And how about uh, entertainment? You know, everybody always wants to know what the big band is that evening. And I am so excited for this day. I won't. You can tell everyone. But uh, what other sorts of entertainment do you have planned? So we have so much planned for this day. So we have 
um, two entertainment stages that will start playing music at 3 Mm p.m. And then our headliner on our main stage starts at 9, and that's Here Come the Mummies. Mm -hmm. And we're very excited about them, and they're very excited to be here. This will be their first time ever doing Rag Bright. Um, So we just feel really lucky that they chose to do that in winter set. And I think if if listeners are out there going, what the heck are Here Come the Mummies, it's worth a Google uh, check because these guys uh, stay in costume the entire their entire set and they are so high energy and it's just fun have you I'm assuming that you've seen a YouTube video or two on them absolutely yeah they're just they are like you said high energy they are dressed up like mummies and they stay in costume the whole time because they're actually artists from other bands hmm. Um, and so they stay wrapped up so that nobody will know their true identity. So that's kind of cool. Oh, I didn't know about that. That's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. What else do you have for entertainment? So then, so that's our music, but we'll also have um, yard games around our courthouse square, like Jenga and Trash Pong and Big Wheel Races, and then various photo ops around the square again, but all throughout the town. Um, so we have literally so much planned that no matter what your age is or your level of ragbri enthusiasm, there'll be something for people to do. Awesome. And so if they get into town and, you know, get showered up and they're before they head downtown to where all the festivities are set up, are there any must see places that they should visit around town? Yeah. So we have created what we're calling Winter Set on Wheels or WOW, and it's a special um, landmark loop in town. So if you're interested in the history that Winterset has, there's five spots on this tour. Um, it's less than two miles long, but it'll take riders to a covered bridge. Um, John Wayne was born in Winterset, mm. so they can go visit his birthplace museum. Um, we have a Freedom Rock in town. Um, George Washington Carver lived in Winterset for a while, so we have a park dedicated to him. And then lastly, we have a George Stout monument. So, and that name isn't always familiar, but he was who George Clooney played in Monuments Men. Oh, okay. Uh, so he was from Winterset too. So we have this nice little loop plans, easy, easy ride, but you can see a bunch of the history of the town. Awesome. And if people want to do that loop, will there be maps or will all the volunteers kind of know where to send them? Yes, to both. So it'll, all the volunteers will know where they need to go, but it's also listed on our map. And we'll have um, photo ops at each one of those stops. So if you want to commemorate your trip, you'll be able to. Great. And that uh, leads me to our last question. Where can listeners go now if they want to learn more about uh, what's happening in Winterset over Ragbri? So we have everything on our website, which is wintersetragbri.com. Um, so anything you need to know, maps, entertainment, schedule, campsites, whatever you might need is out there for sure. But we're also pushing out a bunch of stuff on our Facebook page, which is 2019 Winterset Red Bright. Easy enough. Well, Ellen, yeah. thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And um, I'm really looking forward to getting my bicycle into Winterset. Good. We are looking forward to having everybody. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Well, next up is day three, which is Tuesday, and we end our day in Indianola. So with me right now is Bob. Hey, Bob. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. So this day is starts in Winterset and ends in Indianola. Um, it's a really short day. It's about 40 miles, um, but still some climb, about 15, almost 1,600 feet of climb. So uh, let's focus specifically on Indianola. Uh, Bob, has Ragbri ever been to Indianola in the past? 
Yes, it has. It's only been here. This will be the third time. A number of years ago, uh, Indianola was a pass-through town. Okay. But 10 years ago, in 2009, that was the first time that Indianola was an overnight, overnight town. Oh. And it was absolutely a wonderful experience. Oh, great. The people in this town came to, came together and worked. I mean, it was amazing how well they worked together. And the funny thing is, I spent actually many days before and during the event with a film crew that happened to be filming the documentary A Million Spokes, which was a documentary, you know, about about uh, Ragbri. Yeah. But the interesting thing was that no vehicles other than bikes could be on the route, so the film crew was actually pulled by people on bicycles. No way. And the writers, yeah, and the writers who film who pulled the film crew actually were staying at our house that night. Oh my so it God. was. Uh, yeah, it was quite the experience. How cool is that? That kind of puts the the movie into a different perspective. It does. It does. Yeah. Well, uh, maybe give us a brief history of Indianola, like a fun fact or two. Well, Indianola, it was founded in 1849, but it was actually named after a newspaper story mm. that one of the founders saw about Indianola, Texas. So we're actually named after another town. In Texas. There actually, huh. there's, there's 13 Indianolas across the U.S. Interesting. Well, what role do you play in planning for this big day? Well, I'm actually the hospitality chair. Okay. And I have, have four subcommittees, the beautification, decoration, ambassadors, and T-shirts. Mm. And um, our town rag theme this year is roll into NOLA. Okay. Uh, oh, it's a great Mardi Gras theme. And uh, so as soon as we found this out, I, I'm an artist, so I decided I'd paint a large uh, four-foot Mardi Gras mask to hang in my house. But once my decorating committee saw that, they said, we want 16 more of those oh my or, two or two dozen more of those. And I said, no way. But I did. So what I did, I painted 16 and we're actually going to use those. They're going to be hanging on the light poles as the writers come into our main town area. Oh, fun. It sounds like it's going to be a festive day, too. Oh, I think so. And the nice thing is that those masks are going to be, you can adopt a mask. In other words... For two hundred fifty bucks, you can you can adopt it, and then after the event, you get to keep the mask. Ah, okay. We're also doing adopt a cop. We've we've adopted. We've had about thirty cops that have been adopted so far. And the exciting thing is, we're doing adopt a pot, so you can have a porta potty uh, <laughs> with your name and advertising on it. You know, and uh, if you want, you know, you could even get your friends together, and you could all have. Uh, porta potties and then you could like vote on which one you know is the best one <laughs> that's great and <laughs> unfortunately the riders will have had their fill of porta pots by the end of that week <laughs> i think you're right i i think you're right we're, we're there's gonna be so much stuff happening in town personally i've got got 18 riders from national public radio and iowa public radio that are staying at the house oh fun and Iowa Public Radio is hosting a party for 100 of their special guests. Oh. So there's going to be, st I mean, there's going to be stuff happening all over this town. It's really going to be quite, quite the event. Yeah. Well, how do you feel about uh, what you have going for number of volunteers so far? I don't have the exact number, but I, but to give you an idea, um, um, I know all the committee chairs have been working very close with their, with their volunteers, mm -hmm. but to give you an idea of how many it's probably going to take, um, the city of Indianola is expecting about 
we're a town of 15,000 and we're expecting about 50,000 guests. And at this point, we have 241 porta potties that are ordered. So that'll give you a kind of an idea, you know, how big of an event this is going to be. Yeah, yeah. Well, how about let's uh, look in the eyes of the riders. Um, They'll be coming into Indianola uh, after a fairly short day, but give us an idea of what the terrain is like. Are they going to be seeing, uh, you know, farm fields or um, or just give us a general overview? Well, when you first when they first come into town, you know, the first couple of blocks is going to be very flat, and Indianola is really is fairly a flat city. Mm-hmm. But it may be the shortest ride. As but as you come into town. They're going to probably face two, two of the biggest hills that the town has, mm. and so they're going to they're going to earn their keep, you know, right at the outset. But then after that, everything is a, a smooth ride and, and and really fairly flat. So, um, as they get into town, they'll they'll ride past our newest elementary school before they before they hit the hill, the, the big hills. Then we got about about two big hills. Then an easy ride. And uh, but as we come into town, we plan on having a special uh, four by eight billboard um, that says "Welcome to Indianola, home of Clarence Pickard," and we're going to have a photo of Donald Call oh, and, yeah. and of course Clarence. You know, the register is kind of donating this, uh, celebrating this ride to Donald Call, who died last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so this photo of Donald and Clarence, you know, it was eighty three year old Clarence Pickard from Indianola who rode that first ride in nineteen seventy three. And uh, Clarence wore a silver piff helmet and long sleeved shirt and trousers and long woolen underwear and rode a woman's Schwinn bike the entire ride. Wow. <laughs> and it was Clarence who helped make this ride really what it is today because people would say, my God, if that 83 year old Clarence Pickard can ride this ride, so can I. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things we're also celebrating. Oh, that's awesome. So then um, you've got the Mardi Gras uh, theme set up for riders what are they going to see as they roll you know they're already in town now uh what kind of celebration are they going to be seeing well the interesting thing is besides uh, one of the longest hills they're going to see one of the biggest holes now mm. let me explain, let me okay. explain that a little, little bit <laughs> in addition to the mardi gras mask and streamers and floats and all that kind of stuff the riders will get to see one of the biggest holes right in the middle of our town square because the work has just been completed on the demolition of our county courthouse. Ah, okay. So the whole center of our square, the central part of our square, is gone. Uh-huh. And, uh But we're excited because eventually, you know, the work is going to be starting soon on building our new county courthouse. Mm-hmm. So we're excited about that. Uh, you can't really decorate a hole, but it is <laughs> what it is. But it's an exciting time for the city. And because it's going to be a new beginning for our square. So the surrounding area will be filled with vendors, uh, but as they come into town, we're going to have we're going to have uh, um, throughout the day we're going to have jugglers, Mardi Gras clowns. Uh, let's see, magicians going to be strolling through. We have side stage music entertainment lined up, and we have flow artists and flow artists who are are uh, like dancers who dance with a creative movement with using props like hoops, batons, oh, sure. slamming batons. So a whole Mardi Gras thing, along with, you know, the jazz band, face painting, balloon artist, storytelling, pickleball, caricature artist, bingo, um, and of course, home of the National Balloon Classic is Indianola, so we're going to have uh, uh, balloon flight uh, over the main stage and night glow. Nice. So, nice. Uh, but 
the big name, I'm, I'm, I'm jumping ahead of you here, but our big name entertainment, our, our two big name bands. Yeah, we have, let's uh, hear them. They are Sister Hazel, which will, which will perform at 7, and then Big Head, Todd, and the Monsters at 9 p.m. Great bands. Great. And they're going to they're gonna be on the Simpson College in the football stadium. Oh so, my gosh! So we've got a lot of a lot of things lined up for a lot for a lot of fun throughout town. And did you say the that main stage entertainment will be on the college campus? Yes, and that's really we've got um, about three three or four blocks where all the activity is going to take place, and at the very end of that is is the Simpson Stadium. So everything is in just a real close area there uh, where all the all the excitement is going to take place. Awesome. Well, I, my next question I was going to ask you is, you know, while riders are there, um, you know, if they get in early, what are a few must-see places that they should visit? And I hope you're going to say the college because I've been to that stadium. and It is just amazing. Yes, it's going it, to, we have a beautiful campus and um, and right next to the campus, we have uh, one of our city parks is called Buxton Parks Park, and it's actually an arboretum, and it is absolutely beautiful. Mm. Also, uh, as the riders come in right in the heart of the town, right down where all the activity is taking place, is uh, what we call Indianola's Hidden Gem, and it's the Des Moines Metro Opera. Mm, okay. And the, the opera has just completed a $4 million addition and renovation renovation to the, its uh Carnaby Li- Library, which is its main office, and uh, it's actually going to be open for tours. What they've done, it's a, a fabulous modern addition to this renovated uh, Carnegie Library, and they're going to, the opera will be finished by the time uh, uh, Ragbrag comes through, but they're going to have the offices open uh, just for tours because it's absolutely fantastic uh, um, sight to see. Wow. Uh, let's see. Oh, also, besides, I said mention Simpson. Uh, we have two wineries. We have the National Balloon Museum, mm. also, which which will have 200 years of, of balloon history. Um, we have the Chris Street Gym, or the mural of Chris Street. Uh, Chris played basketball for the University of Iowa before he was uh, killed in a tragic car accident. Mm-hmm. And we have the Blake Field House, named after Los Angeles Dodgers, third baseman Casey Blake and his, uh, and his wife Abby, who they, they donated a, a million dollars to this to this facility. And it's wonderful, wonderful facility. Facility has been a great addition to our to our community. Awesome. Well, the nice thing about uh, doing a podcast is if some of our listeners are didn't get a chance to jot all these great places down, they can go back and listen to it again because there are some fabulous places in Indianola. Well, I'd say as close as we are, what we like is that we are so close to, to Des Moines, but we're our own little community and mm-hmm. we're a great community and we are really looking forward to, to showing off our town and, and hosting this event. Yeah. Well, uh, back to your comment earlier about adopting a porta potty or a cop or a mask, where can listeners go to learn more about what's going to be happening in Indianola? All you have to go to the, do is go to our website, which is www.indianolaragbride.com. Easy enough. All right. Well, thank you so much, Bob, for coming on the podcast. And hopefully your town is all fired up and ready for a lot of cyclists to come through. We want to invite everybody to come down and have a great time. Awesome. Thank you. Hey, thank you.
Well, day four is Wednesday, and on that day, the riders will be going from Indianola to Centerville. So right now, we have Sarah from Centerville. Hello, Sarah. Hi, thanks so much for having me on, Kathy. Sure, you bet. Well, now this day, as riders get into Centerville, they will be experiencing the longest Ragbri Day of 2019. Um, they will have over 84 miles and 3,200 feet of climb. Or if they choose to do the uh, loop, the Karis loop, uh, they'll be at a whopping 117 miles uh, and 4,500 feet of climb. So it's going to be a big day. Um, so hopefully they can get showered up and re-energize to enjoy some time in Centerville. Right, Sarah? Yes. We have lots of beverages, um, adults and for ki- you know for kids, kids-friendly, yeah. uh, that they'll be able to repower and, and uh, replenish their... Uh, a long day from. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, um, has Ragbri ever been to Centerville in the past? Yes. So um, most recently we had, uh, we hosted three years ago. Mm, Um, Past writers may have remembered us as doing the Wizard of Oz or there's no place like Centerville. Okay. Um, But yeah, before that it had been about 30 years. So it was a huge difference last time um, than it was three years ago. And we were absolutely thrilled to have such a quick turnaround to be able to host again. Yeah. Um, uh, Centerville, if I remember right, has an amazing town square. Is that true? It is true. We say we have one of the longest, I think, continuous, uh, town squares in the world. I'm sure that's changed, but we won't change it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess let's get right into the next question, which is, uh, how about a brief history of Centerville? Maybe a fun fact or two. And I, I hope I didn't ruin your fun fact just now. No, no, not at all. Um, so that is one fun fact. Um, but Centerville is actually an old mining community, um, with, with coal. So, um, it has been, um, a very, it's a very old town. Um, our, Town Square is our historic town square. Um, during the 20s, it was hop in with, um, I think we had 42 different um, um, origins where people were coming in from. Mm. So it was super diverse. Um, and we are really proud of all the history that our town has. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's one of my favorite hotels to go into when we get through a good day of Ragbri. Yeah, the, the Continental, they've redone it again. Uh, in the last year, it's just beautiful, and it really gives you that really lovely um, boutique feel, but, you know, kind of, you forget where you are at times. Not yeah. that it's bad to be where we are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, what role are you going to be playing in this big day? So I am one of the executive chairs, and I am in charge of hospitality, publicity, web and social media, and the fundraising, um, and that is pretty close to what I did last time. Um, when they were here three years ago as well. Okay. And I'm I'm guessing that you feel a little bit more comfortable with your role this time versus last time since Ragbra hadn't been through in such a long time. Yeah. There are some things that are like we're super easy. Like we remembered we needed a lot more signage um, to like guide people to our porta potties. And then there's other things where um, we're like, oh, you know, our our theme last time was so whimsical. How do we change it this way and not feel like, Hey, they just saw this three years ago. So, (laughs) um, but it's been really fun. (laughs) Sure. And how about volunteers? You know, I know your town is a little bit smaller. You guys fired up and ready for thousands and thousands of bicyclists and their crew. Yes. 
we are ready, but we could always use more volunteers. I think that's what every town always says. Um, <laughs> so we're, we're getting there. And, you know, I think after the 4th of July, people realize, oh, my goodness, it's happening this month. Um, we have our state or our state fair, not our state fair, our county fair the week before as well. So oh, okay. people just start getting in different mind processes of what's going on. So um, we should be totally fine on volunteers. And we're getting the kiddos all excited as well to help volunteer that day by greeting some of the riders. Oh, fun. That's I love that part when you're coming into town and there's kids lined up along the side. It, it makes it, I don't know, just kind of, they get excited on um, Sunday, the Sunday that Ragbri starts, um, our uh, wellness coalition um is actually having a, a kids brack they're calling it so mm. uh, a kids rag bra event um so they'll have a route and so the kids get to experience if you will um their own little rag bra so they understand a little more um on on sunday when they come so oh, it's been awesome. so successful that they're making the ages i think opening opening up from kindergarten to eighth grade so oh, a fun. lot of kids come yeah. Very fun. Well, uh, let's talk about what the riders are going to experience um, on their last few miles before they get into Centerville. Um, I'm assuming we've got some farm communities. Uh, give us a general overview of what the riders will see. Uh, a lot of corn. <laughs> um, hopefully it's past knee high. Um, <laughs> we've had rain, as everyone knows, uh, this this uh this summer. But um, I, the the couple miles before you come in, there's there's some houses. Um, there's definitely some hills. Um, we will have an information center. Um, I think it's about a mile and a half outside of town. Mm. Um, for those that may be headed and in, in, need to split off, um, but we'll have our information center uptown as well. But the last thing that the riders will encounter as they turn onto uh, State Street is, is a nice <laughs> long hill to get them to stop. <laughs> Unfortunately, but fortunately, it's a beautiful view of our courthouse, um, so that should energize, and just they're almost there. <laughs> yeah, that seems to be a repeat uh, pattern as I'm talking to the different towns that they're all like, well, there's a nice big <laughs> hill right as you come into town, but... <laughs> we well, can... I'm glad we're not the only ones. <laughs> yeah, you're right, and yeah, and by then we can handle it. It's you know this will be Wednesday, right. <laughs> so we'll be all of us cyclists will be will will either uh, be pros or we'll feel like pros by then. <laughs> <laughs> so now uh, the riders have you know hit uh, the town of Centerville. Um, what are they going to be seeing and experiencing, like a theme or what sort of entertainment do you have lined up? Yeah, so our theme is Take a Chance in Centerville, based off Monopoly. Um, so you can expect to see um, lots of Monopoly board pieces, scattered um, dice, um, a big welcoming banner. Uh, we really tried to take our theme into all the signage that you had so you knew where things were, you know, official RAGBRAI sponsored things. Um, and um, what we oh we have a ton of picture cutouts for people to participate oh, in yeah um yeah and so you know put your head in or stand next to and we, we're incorporating those into the campgrounds too so it feels not like they're so separated from all the stuff on on the square um and then on the square they'd be mad at me if i forgot about this um they will have painted the whole monopoly board around the square oh that's awesome yes so it's uh Delaney Evers, she is the mastermind behind that. I think she has it down to the actual, like, inch. 
Um, but she has it all ready to go, and we're so excited to start painting that that Sunday before. That is going to be pretty cool and so unique. Yeah, yeah. So I think everyone thought, oh, my gosh, we have the perfect spot for it. So mm-hmm. the retailers and our businesses on the square have been anxiously awaiting to see how, how that would be incorporated. So we're excited. And then um, for entertainment that day, we have our family fun zone again. Um, so because we know it's not just, you know, just adults that are participating in, mm-hmm. in the ride. Um, but we'll have a character artist, uh, the bag or cornhole, cornhole games. Uh, we'll have an old jail that will be up on the square too. That will be good for photo ops. Um, human foosball, and then there are there's a tropical water slide, and then a firehouse rescue obstacle. So those big blown up things. Oh yeah. Um, and then a yeah, it was you know a little different. If it's super hot that day, we want to make sure everyone's cooled off. Um, and then we have Laura Ernst, and she's like a, a human contortionist, and does you know the really cool holding onto the ribbon and the the pole, mm-hmm. so, something that I would never be able to do, but people always <laughs> really enjoy watching her. <laughs> awesome. And then what about uh, evening entertainment? Do you have a band set up for the evening? Yes. So at 6 o'clock, we have Fast Henry. Um, at 7 to 8, we have Romeo 42, and they're a military band, rock band. Oh. And then something unique that we are doing is from 8 to 9, we're going to have a dueling band. Hmm. So the fa- so Fast Henry and Romeo 42 are going to du- have a dueling band, band like uh, the dueling pianos, oh, except it's going to be a live band. Yeah, that'll be very yeah. entertaining, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's not just your, oh, sit and listen to a concert. And then at 9 o'clock, the Pork Tornadoes will come on. Ooh, they are, we're a big fan of that band. Big fan. Yay. That's great. Yeah, we're really excited. Yeah. Yeah. I think it should, you know, adhere to different music tastes, you know, everyone from country to rock to pop. So we're very excited to see them perform. Awesome. Well, if people are actually in Centerville, you know, they pop into town a little bit early, um, maybe give us a couple must-see places that they should visit uh, while they're there. Uh, Our museum is going to be open, Mm -hmm. and they'll actually have food available as well. Lisa Eddy is our curator. She has done a fabulous job. Um, Most of the churches around the square, um, they'll be providing food. Gypsy Quarter, all of our retailers are working together. Um, when you stop into one of their shops, they'll have a map of the square. On the back will be coupons um, to shop that day and to come back to shop later, too. Oh, good um, idea. So, yeah, everyone's super excited. Um, Lucille's will be open. That's the, the restaurant within the hotel on the square. Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone is gearing up and getting ready and super excited for visitors that are coming before to kind of scope out everything and, and for the day of event, too. Awesome. It sounds like you've got a good plan set in place. We we think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we, we ended up the, like decorating the Kaibos was, was really exciting last time. So we're going to do that again as well. So, you know, those little touches, I think, make it probably a little more um, fun for, for the bikers that are <laughs> used to those porta potties all week. So, right. make a little add that for them. <laughs> right, right. Well, if uh, people, listeners, want to learn a little bit more about Centerville or what's happening on Ragbri that maybe we didn't mention, where can they go to find information? We have our Facebook page at Ragbri Centerville. Or we have our website, ragbrycentraville.com. 
Awesome. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for being on the podcast. And um, I am definitely among many writers who are looking forward to popping into Centerville. Great. We're so looking forward to hosting and we hope that it's not too hot of a day, but we'll, uh, we'll have plenty of refreshments to refresh it if you need that when you get into town. <laughs> awesome. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Kathy. Well, let's talk day five. Day five is Thursday, and the route is Centerfield, I'm sorry, Centerville to Fairfield. And with me right now, we have Ron from Fairfield. Hey, Ron. How you doing, Kathy? Real good. Glad to have you on the podcast. Good to be here. Well, let's talk a little bit about Fairfield. Um, has Ragbri ever been to Fairfield in the past? Yes, they have. The first time they came was in 1979, and, and we were 1979. We were an overnight town. Mm. Um, we were a ride through town in 1984, and then we were overnight in 88, 97, and then six years ago in 2013, we were also an overnight town. So there oh, you go. Okay, That's so our history. You've had a few people uh, a few times that um, to be prepared for Ragbri to come through. Yes, uh, it, the the unusual thing about this year. Uh, as you probably well know, is that um, they're doing two trips along the Mississippi. They're mm-hmm. going to go to Burlington, and that's going to be the Friday night. And then Saturday is going to be uh, going to Keokuk. So having us as an overnight on Thursday is different for us. So, you know, it, it, those that are familiar with RAGBRAI know that the Friday night is when everybody kind of cuts loose because they know they got one day left. So <laughs> we have to kind of up our game this uh, this year in order to, to keep up because we heard a lot of great things about what we did last year, oh. the last time in 2013. So we've got to find a way to up our game a little. Oh, cool. Well, uh, let's get to that in a little bit because I'd love to know about, you know, entertainment and all the good stuff that Fairfield has planned. Um, but first off, how about a brief history of Fairfield, maybe a fun fact or two? Okay, well, uh, we have um, about 10,000 people in our town. Um, we're kind of known as, as having a lot of startup companies. Mm. Um, we're called one of the state's economic superstars. And part of that is because we um, we are the home of the Maharishi University of Management since 1974. Mm. And a side note, I went to Parsons College, which is what, what that campus was before it became Maharishi University of Management. Okay. So that's that's part of it. It's the world's largest training center for transcendental meditation. Um, we also have a great uh, convention center. It was here the last time they came through. Uh, it's a it's a beautiful structure, and we, we get a lot of acts from all over the country. Um, in 2010, we were named, Fairfield was named one of the 20 best small towns to visit. So wow. there you go. Wow. Pretty pretty cool yeah that's awesome well um as far as getting ready for the day uh what role do you have in planning okay um for the day uh, i'm going to be wherever they need me but i have been the publicity chairperson this year um we had a speakers bureau uh, which i was part of and that was really cool because we got to kind of dress up in our our theme Mm -hmm. um our, our theme is um is a steampunk theme mm-hmm. uh geared for weird and uh, we're trying to put a steampunk um, uh, label to it. And uh, so I got to dress in steampunk and, and uh, go out and talk to people and 
kind of promote Ragbri this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a marketing and advertising part, which means that things that went out to the paper and, and went out to like Des Moines uh, and things like that, they came through uh, my committee. Mm-hmm. Um, we are in charge of the tear-off maps and the tabloid, which is going to come out. That's going to have a lot of information, and hopefully we'll be able to put that out on our website, which I think we'll talk about here towards the end. Awesome. Awesome. And being, you know, your, your town is, you said about 10,000 people. Um, do you, are, were you still able to find a lot of volunteers ready for the day? Well, uh, the volunteers, that's, I think what happens a lot of times with volunteering is until it rolls into July, people don't commit because they don't know what their plans are going to be. Sure. You can't commit too much in advance to, to be there a, a lot of times. But I'm going to guess that uh, the housing as well as the volunteerism going to pick up probably in the next 10 days. Mm-hmm. At least we're hopeful for that. Sure, sure. And you're always looking for additional volunteers, even probably up until the morning of. Yes, you can never have too many. And, and uh, the, the town's real good at stepping up and doing things. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure we're going to be okay there. Mm-hmm. Well, as far as um, the actual bike ride that day, um, like I mentioned earlier, you, the riders will start in center field and then end in your town of Fairfield. Uh, it's about 66 miles that day and some good climb, t- over 2,300 feet of climb. So how would you describe um, the terrain as they're coming into Fairfield, um, like sights to see or general overview of what the riders will be looking at as they come into Fairfield? Well, um, the last ride through town is, is Libertyville, which is in our school district. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time uh, in their history that they have had uh, Ragbride go through their town. So this is a big deal for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you come into their town, there's a lot of rolling hills before you get there. But then the last couple of miles is, is actually pretty flat. And I know that because I've driven a bus out there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so that's pretty flat. And then you get into town and then you're leaving Libertyville towards Fairfield, the last leg of the journey, the last five point so many miles. And that's pretty flat for two miles, too. So you get kind of a false sense of security. And, but, but it starts to change as you start to go downhill. And it's a fairly gradual downhill. But when you, it's a long downhill, so you know what goes down has to go back up. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> so, so you cross that bridge, and then there's this serious uphill climb, and you actually are going over the four lane that, that uh, goes the bypass around Fairfield. So you're going up that hill, you get the top, and then you go, whew. Uh, now you got another steep downhill, another <laughs> steep uphill. Oh, no. So that's for most of the, the people that are going to town. Our, our fairgrounds are going to, uh, the people that are staying there are taking a little different route. They're going to take that, that, that first hill and then they're going to turn left and, um, and head, uh, towards the west side of town. And they have a little more gradual downhill and uphill. So that's what, that's what you've got coming into Fairfield. It's going to be all farm country. Uh, you're going to see a lot of, a lot of crops and stuff like that as they're coming to town. Okay. Um, and so then, you know, riders finish those last couple hills. Uh, they roll into Fairfield. Give us an idea of what they're going to see. Um, you know, you had mentioned the theme earlier um, and maybe what kind of entertainment you have set up. Okay. So when, when they get to town, you know, especially like the, the support vehicles and uh, the, the the, the professional riders that get here really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, there's things that they can do before that happens. And someone will get here as early as nine o'clock. I, I think the way I'm told, you know, we have something different this year that we did not have a few years ago. I think a few years ago, we might have not have even had a public pool. The one we had basically had gone downhill and up. It didn't open. Mm-hmm. We now have a water park. Ooh. Remember it's a, it's for 10,000 people. It's not, it's not for a ride by celebration, right. but I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people coming into town. I want, 
want to be there. So it's at our rec center, and it started out as just a an old school building that, that got converted into some rec rooms. Then they added on some racquetball courts and an indoor pool. They've now put an outdoor pool adjacent to that, and we have a, uh, a full gymnasium with a walking track around it in, in that place now. Mm. Um, so it's really, really nice. So we've got that, and of course, we've got, if people want to cool off in, um, in a place where they can use the internet, we've got the library. Um, so we've got those things and, and an abundance of other things that, mm-hmm. that, that we have in, in Fairfield. If you want to talk history, um, the people that were here before, um, there's the Mosden Barnes, and, and it's a, it's a, it's a horse place. It's right there by, uh, the hospital at the south edge of town. And we've got the Carnegie, Carnegie Museum, which is up real mm. close to the square where their entertainment is. And, uh, they're going to have a, a tie dyeing thing where you can bring your shirt and tie dye it. Oh, fun. And then they're going to, yeah. And they're going to have a photo booth uh, with a, um, Victorian theme to it and, and, and a Victorian sitting parlor. And they're also going to have one of those old school bikes with the, with the big wheels and they're, they're actually wooden wheels. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the steampunk part of this. If, if you're familiar with steampunk, mm-hmm. I had no clue. I had no clue what steampunk was when they brought this, <laughs> when they brought this out. It's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but I have found out it's kind of a Victorian dress with a little more of a scientific, modernistic, futuristic, uh, type of color to it i guess i that, that's the way i look at it so um that's our theme uh geared for weird a steampunk mashup glow party that sounds like it's going to be a blast it will be a lot of fun we have terrific entertainment um last time they came through we had a group called the spasmatics mm-hmm. and when you talk to burlington uh if you haven't yet when you talk to burlington they had the spasmatics this year oh awesome um and I, I've heard the spasmatics have been on Ragbrite yes, since they, they came, with, since they were with Fairfield. So yep, yep. Um, they've been a good one. So we start out at 2 o'clock to 4 o'clock with a group called the Sidewinders. Um, they're from the National Guard, the 34th Division of the National Guard, which is located right here in Fairfield. They're musicians. And I suppose when you think of the Guard and you think of musicians, you think of marching band, concert band. Well, they're more than that, and they've kind of gone away from, not away from that, but they've added to it. Mm-hmm. And so they've got these these groups now that go out. The Sidewinders are a rock and roll group they have. And, of course, when you're a ragbriar, rock and roll is exactly what you're looking for. So <laughs> um, we've got them from 2 to 4, and then from 4.30 to 6.30. This is on the Cambridge Main Stage, which is sponsored by Cambridge, an investment group in town, and then our Dexter uh, company, which is washer and dryer. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're sponsoring our main stage. So, uh, the, 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 not the headliner, but the backup is called Brat Pack Radio. They're from, um, Minnesota. And I do know they do some 80s stuff. Um, their promo had a Michael Jackson song on it. it they're going to be a, a very entertaining group. And then the headliner is called No Limits. Okay. And, um, they're from Oregon, I believe. And uh, they are playing from 7 to 11, and they are a very entertaining group. Um, They have been coast to coast, uh, border to border. They are a regular at Caesars Palace. Mm. Um, If you go to the promo on that, you're going to find out they are a high-energy group, and it'll be perfect for our glow party. We intend to – we want people to wear uh, neon on white. If they wear neon on like a white T-shirt, mm-hmm. that's going to be as steampunk as I get. Is wearing my re- geared for weird T-shirt um, that's going to glow in the dark because we're going to have a black light effect downtown. Oh, fine. And and it's and it's going to glow. 
So those are our main acts. Um, we also have a side stage, which kind of gives us our steampunk theme. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a group called the Ragged Blade Band. They played a lot of steampunk events. They're out of St. Louis. And I think there's a big steampunk, steampunk convention that goes on down there. Uh, I'm not familiar that familiar with steampunk, but I, I think they do. So they're on a couple of times. They're on from one to two and supposedly from four to five. And we got a local uh, favorite that uh, we have a lot of music in our town. And, and I happen to know this, the, the, the male member of this group because I grew up with his family. And it's Steve and Michaela McLean. Hmm. They're also there. Then we have Roving Entertainment and uh, Professor Adam Smasher and the Eternal Frontier. And it sounds like a group. I think it's only one other guy. But Professor Adam Smasher is supposed to be our master of ceremonies. Hmm. We we also have a group uh, from, I think it's Des Moines, called Circa Wonderland, mm-hmm. and they use a lot of props, and they'll be really great with our glow party. The last thing I'm going to mention to you is a person called, it's called Caricature by Steph. I think she's um, big, like at the State Fair, and I think she just cranks out um, drawings in like four or five minutes, so if you want a memory oh, yeah. of this... She'll be downtown doing those things. So that gives you a a pretty good idea of our entertainment. Oh, yeah. And the whole glow light theme, that is going to be really fun. It, it, You know, we wanted to be different. Mm -hmm. Our town is unique to begin with. And for several reasons, we are unique. And we we try to wear that like a badge of honor. Yeah. And uh, (laughs) so, so. I, I think if people come up town looking for a good time, they'll get it. Uh, one thing I'm going to mention to you is we're going to try and have just these cheap um, labels that you can put on that you can write on. And we've got steampunk names that anybody can have. It's oh, actually pretty cool. My yeah. name is uh, Professor Montague um, Rumble Topper. That's mm. my steampunk name. So there you go. Uh, and everyone's <laughs> is different. That's awesome. Oh, that's a great, that's great. I feel like I'm, I'm already there. Um, Well, it'll be fun. Well, uh, if listeners are looking for, you know, want to read about it or find out more information, um, are there places they can go like social media places? Absolutely. Um, we have both, um, uh, an internet site, a website, uh, Fairfield Rag Bride 2019. Mm -hmm. And we also have, uh, Facebook, which I am familiar with, uh, mm-hmm. Fairfield Ragbri, uh, Fairfield Ragbri 2018. The website is fairfieldragbri.com. Okay, good. So there you go. Good. Well, Ron, thank you so much for being on the podcast and telling us all about Fairfield, and I'm sure the riders cannot wait to be there. Kathy, thank you for putting up with me, and we are looking <laughs> forward for people to get get weird with us get geared for weird (laughs) sounds good thanks Ron okay thank you all right well day six is Friday and on Friday the riders will be going from Fairfield to Burlington so we have Dustin from Burlington with us right now hey Dustin Hey, how are you? I'm really good, good. So uh, Friday is, we're basically almost done with the week at that point. Um, Fairfield to Burlington is 69 miles and about 1,700 feet of climb. So um, not the worst day, a little bit lighter as far as, um, you know, feet of climb. So I bet there'll be some happy people coming into Burlington. I think so. That would be great. We're definitely excited 
to have everybody here. Yeah. And um, I'm pretty sure, you know, I've done, gosh, what, 24 RAGBRAIs? So my years get mixed up. I don't always recall what year we went through what town. But we ended in Burlington not too long ago. Is that true? Uh, Yes. So this is the sixth year that uh, RAGBRAI has been to Burlington. And as you say, normally... Uh, Burlington is an ending community since we are on the riverfront. Yeah. Um, the last time it was here was 2009. 2009, okay. So this yep. is, this so, is going to be a big bonus to have um, people staying the night and, you know, into the morning. At least I would think that. Yes, we're, we are extremely excited about this. Uh, like I said, normally we're the ending community, so we see everybody as they're tired and they come in and they dip their tires and they're ready to go. But this time we are the final overnight where it's Friday night, everybody's ready to party, has had a, has a, had a great week, and uh, we're just excited to have everybody here. Yeah. Well, why don't you uh, give us maybe a brief history of Burlington, um, include include a fun fact or two. Sure. So Burlington was originally settled in 1833, and uh, trivia fact was the first territorial capital of Iowa. Uh-huh. <laughs> so very interesting. So, but we are on the the riverfront. Um, and for those people who are not from Iowa, it's the mighty Mississippi? Yes, we mm-hmm. are right on the Mississippi River, right on the east side of Iowa. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. uh, southeast side, obviously. That's where you're driving on your bikes. Um, a couple of cool facts about Burlington is we are, everybody knows the railroad, so uh, if you have seen a BNSF uh locomotive going through the, the rails, the, the B in that is actually Burlington. So that's something cool. Yeah. Um, and then also, we are home to Ripley's, believe it or not, number one odd spot in America, Snake Alley. Oh. Yeah. And, and you need to talk a little bit about Snake Alley because that is um, quite a ride. Whether it's it is. pedestrian, bicycle, vehicle, I don't know. Go ahead and tell everybody uh, what it y- is. Yeah, it's... Uh, well, so so Snake Alley uh, was originally created. Um, it's on the bluff here in Burlington, so it was a way for people that lived on the bluff to get down. Um, so they created this. It's a very curvy uh, brick street, and we've kept it up. And uh, we actually uh, we can talk about it now, or we can talk about it in a little bit mm. about a Snake Alley challenge that we will have for writers as well. Ooh, I say talk about it now. Okay, so I, I, uh, I know you're going to be tired after your long drive riding in uh, to Burlington, but if you make your way downtown, uh, follow the, the bike trails downtown, you'll find your way to the bottom of Snake Alley. And uh, so we've got a little bit of a, a challenge set up. So if you can make it to the top of the alley, beginning at about 1 p.m., uh, we'll have some volunteers there to hand out I Conquered Snake Alley uh, prizes for you. Ooh. Now it's 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 extremely difficult, uh, even for seasoned riders. Um, but it's it's fun and it's just something fun. Even if you want to just you know try to go up, and if you stop, that's okay. Um, but it's something fun that we've got here. Yeah, I think uh, if any listeners are out there right now on their computer, um, they should Google Snake Alley in Burlington because it is a beautiful mm-hmm. site. And you're right, super super challenging. 
Yep, it's very similar to Lombard Street and uh, San Francisco. We're just not quite as long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, good. Well, it, so it'll be available that day uh, for people coming into town that want to give it a shot. And then, like you said, you'll have volunteers at the top giving out prizes. Yes, we will. If people <laughs> uh, are able to make it. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so so definitely come down and check out. Even if you don't want to ride up, uh, we'll have some photo opportunities and things there that you could just kind of check it out and, and, and walk it up for yourself if you would like as well. Yeah, good. Well, what role do you uh, plan on playing for the big day in Burlington? Well, I'm going to be kind of a catch-all. So during the planning process i'm the chair of the web social media and publicity okay um here uh, i'm uh, the marketing director here at the greater burlington partnership who is the the lead organization uh planning ragbri here so i've got a lot of my work is ahead of time just letting everybody know what's going on here but the day of i'm pretty much going to be all over the place mm-hmm. so you may see me down at the party you may see me at the welcome I'll probably be stopping out at uh, Snake Alley, out of the campgrounds. I'll just be all over the place. Mm-hmm. Wherever you're needed, right? Yep, exactly. Yeah, and I'm assuming at this point, you know, we're only a couple weeks away from Ragbri, actually less than that. Um, do you have quite a few volunteers set up for the day? We do. Uh, luckily for us, we're towards the end, so we've got a little bit extra time than yeah. everybody else that will be taking off early. Um, but yes, we have we have uh, we've got volunteers set up to be all over the place. So we'll have a bunch of volunteers at the welcome. We'll have them at the campgrounds, at the party. We're since we're a little bit of a, a bigger community to where most uh, of the smaller communities are centrally located. Ours is kind of spread out all over the place, so we'll have we'll have people all over uh, Greater Burlington to help. And if you're looking for them, uh, you'll be seeing some photos pop up online. But we're in bright blue Rally to the Alley T-shirts. So okay. if you have a question, find somebody that's in a bright blue Rally to the Alley T-shirts, and they are a, a Burlington Rag Bri volunteer. Awesome. Well, let's look at the riders' perspective um, as they are coming sure. into Burlington. Obviously, there'll be a river view at some point, but give the listeners an idea of what that those last couple miles will be like coming into your town. Sure. So, coming in from the west, it's fairly flat, it's the, and there's a lot of farmland. We are, <laughs> we are, we're fairly, it's it's we're surrounded by farms mm-hmm. um however you uh, the riders will be going through the geode state park uh which is a beautiful forested area which means lots of shade for a while for the riders which mm-hmm. i'm assuming is going to be they're going to love that yeah um but it's 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 a nice especially now that the the corn has popped up we're done with the rain uh the corn's about oh a little over knee high and it is it's a beautiful ride in very good. We'll be looking forward to that. Um, so then once they hit Burlington, what do you have planned for us? Besides, so, besides Snake uh, Alley Challenge. Yes, besides Snake Alley. So we have a lot of things uh, planned for you. And it's we have a lot of events that are going on through the community. As riders come in, they'll be going right around uh, Great River Health System. Okay. Where... Um, they, that's our hospital and our community. But then they'll also be going the back route, which will go through the Klein Center and our hospice center. Mm. And there's a lot of residents that, that stay out there that don't get a lot of, of, not of traffic mm-hmm. uh, to keep it serene out there. But they're very excited to see 
the writers go by and actually be able to be part of this mm-hmm. uh, when they're normally, you know, a little bit disconnected from the community. So we're we're really excited that we're allowed, or or, or we're giving them the opportunity to be to be part of this, sure, uh, to be part of Rag Bribe. Sure, and it's hard so you to get past that. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say it's hard to envision or to explain to somebody what it's like to have, you know, ten thousand or more cyclists come by your business or by your home. I mean, it's yeah. non-stop all day. <laughs> exactly, and the, and this is especially back there at the at the the Klein Center and the Hospice House. It's like I said, it's it's normally it's very serene and peaceful back there, but it's it's nice to. Uh, for them to have a little bit of excitement every now and then. Sure, so we're, yeah. like I said, we're really excited about that. I think it's it's will be a really cool experience for them. Good, good. So yep. So once you get past that, we'll have the welcome on um, on West Avenue. We will have a uh, Burlington. Also, another little fun fact is the backhoe capital of the world. The backhoe was uh, created here. Mm-hmm. So we've got Case New Holland. We'll have uh, we'll split the the uh, the road. Uh, with backhoes on each side, and so we'll have our giant welcome sign there, welcoming in people. Um, our theme is Rally to the Alley, which is a uh, just so happens to coincide with College Spirit Day, which is Rag Rise Day. Mm-hmm. Um, our theme is uh, a pep rally spirit, so we will have you know we're we're, we're going to have cheerleaders out there. We'll have people with giant megaphones, um, signs, just that super community pep spirit. Uh, as riders come into town. Love so we're it. really excited about that. Yeah, idea. that's awesome. And how about yeah. uh, evening entertainment? So as riders come into town, mm-hmm. uh, since we're, we're spread out a little bit, they'll uh, go to their campgrounds, and then starting at 2 o'clock going on into the, into the night, we will have entertainment will be down at our riverfront. So you're coming west into town, and then... Uh, the campgrounds are about midtown. Some of them are at the parks, and then the the party will be downtown, right on uh, the riverfront. So mm-hmm. we have got a, a giant parking lot that's in between our uh, a, a convention center and our welcome center, Port of Burlington, where we will be hosting uh, the the party. Mm-hmm. So we have got we've got live, like I said, we've got live music starting at two o'clock, going through. About 11.30 midnight, uh, we've got a huge beverage garden right in the center. We've got five bands playing throughout the day. Uh, the Ragbri Expo will be down there as well. We have a very vibrant downtown for people to explore. Snake Alley is also downtown. Um, so, so the downtown Burlington will be hopping with the party, the expo, and everything else that's going down. Awesome. All of the downtown businesses are excited. They've jumped on board, so that's great. Awesome. It sounds like there's going to be a lot of good energy going on down there. There is. It's, it's, so it's going to be – it's definitely something that the riders won't want to miss. Uh, if you've not been to the Mississippi River, uh, you'll be going down to Keokuk and dipping your tires down there. Um, we're, we're similar communities, but each of us has our own unique charm. So you definitely want to check out downtown Burlington. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, is there a place, um, I'm assuming, you know, most towns have, uh, like a Facebook page and a website yep. if people want to learn more. Sure. So we have, we have both. If you want to, uh, go to burlingtonragbri.com, 
You can find out all of all of the uh, information I've been talking about today. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook at uh, at Burlington Ragbri. Starting this week and next week, we'll be uh, giving out. Essentially, we'll be going over what we've talked about today, uh, showing you all the or showing the writers all of the the bands that we have planned, uh, the places to to check out during the while they're here during the stay, not only the party, but some other awesome events that are going on in the community, um, and along some prizes. We've got a prize going on right now uh, for uh, people to win. So just you know, they definitely want to check out both places. Awesome. All right. Well, you heard it here. Uh, check out Burlington online or on Facebook. And uh, Dustin, we appreciate you taking the time to be on the podcast, and I'm sure I can speak for all the riders. We're looking forward to coming to your town. Perfect. We are definitely excited to see you, and we will see everyone Friday, July 26th. All right. Thanks, Dustin. Yep. Thank you. Well, hello, Just Go Bike podcast listeners. I am here with Kira. Hey, Kira. Hi, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. And we are here to talk about um, Ragbri 2019 Kiakuk plans. I'm sure everybody knows that Kiakuk is how we end Ragbri. It's day seven, which is a Saturday. Um, that day we'll be going from Burlington to Keokuk. Um, pretty nice ride, 63 miles and about 1,700 feet of climb. Um, but we have Kira here so we can learn what happens once we all get to Keokuk. Yes. So let's start out with um, a simple question. Has Ragbri ever been to Keokuk in the past? Yeah, so Ragbri has been to Keokuk twice. Okay. Um, but it has been, it's been a while. So the first time Ragbri ended in Keokuk was in 1981. Oh. Um, I was but a twinkle in my mother's eye at the time. <laughs> uh, and then again in 1992, which I very vaguely remember. I was a kid. Um, but it's been 27 years since Ragbri has been to Keokuk. So we're super excited to have Oh, yeah. Back. I'm excited too. That's, I mean, it's, the one of the most southern points of the state so it'll be exciting just to uh, see a new part of the state that I haven't been before oh yeah absolutely I always tell people we are the Miami of Iowa oh yeah 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 for sure well uh speaking of Keokuk um how about a brief history maybe some fun fact or something about your town that you want listeners to know about yeah for sure so Keokuk actually has a really, really rich history. I mean, there are a lot of communities in Iowa that do. Um, but I'll just give you a little bit of rundown. Um, I mean, I I know so much about Keokuk history, we could probably spend the whole podcast talking about <laughs> it. But, um, so, you know, prior to the Civil War, Keokuk was a, um, a hub for transportation on the Mississippi. Um, but there was some pretty wicked rapids that were right here in the river, and so it made... Um, moving goods along the river very difficult. Oh, so okay. um, folks would have to unload, you know, whether it was people or, or materials or goods that they're trying to move, um, everything would have to be unloaded here in Keokuk um, and moved by land up to Montrose, which is uh, the next town north of us, uh, and then would have to be reloaded back onto boats. Um, so it was unfortunate for those folks and um, inconvenient for them, I'm sure, but um, really lended itself to Keokuk growing as a community. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it became a hub, not just for uh, the movement of commerce, but also particularly during the Civil War, it became an outpost for um, processing, receiving, and sending Civil War soldiers. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a result, 
Keokuk saw uh, the establishment of several medical hospitals here, and so we received a lot of wounded during the Civil War. Uh, and then because of losses that were suffer- suffered excuse me, during that time, um, Keokuk also saw the establishment of a national cemetery. So um, it is still operational. It was the first national cemetery uh, west of the Mississippi. It's still the only national cemetery in Iowa. Wow. Um, and a fun fact, if you can call a, a fact about a cemetery fun, um, is that there are both Union and Confederate soldiers buried there, um, and it's still an active cemetery. Uh, folks can come to Keokuk and visit. Um, it's something I, I highly recommend. We do a community tour, uh, and I always make sure to take people there. It's, it's a sight to see for sure. Um, so so kind of after that time, um, you know, they saw the, the rapids were the reason to build the dam, um, which really was a game changer for Keokuk because it brought people, it brought commerce, and we saw a big influx of industry and manufacturing grow. Um, and so Keokuk is still known for to be an industry, you know, industry friendly and manufacturing friendly community. Mm-hmm. Um, and over over that time, you know, from the time the they completed the dam uh, up until the '60s, uh, Keokuk had all kinds of famous faces and familiar names that kind of made their way through town or called Keokuk their home for a while. Um, People like Howard Hughes and Mark Twain, um, Conrad Nagel, who was a um, silent film star in the 20s, and then John Wayne lived in Keokuk for some time. So uh, that's kind of a, a fun fact I like to share with folks. And some of those houses are still still uh, standing here in town, and I'll, I'll point those out on our community tours often. Awesome. So, yeah, yeah, Keokuk's got a lot of history. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, uh, looking at Ragbri specifically, um, I know listeners are going to be pretty excited about, you know, what all is happening. Um, but first off, what role are you going to play in planning the day? So leading up to Ragbri, I have been on the publicity committee, but mm. I have already signed up for multiple volunteer shifts. <laughs> so I'll be, I'll be volunteering in the days leading up to um, and then the day of the biggest damn dip. Uh, and then um, we've got a lot of other volunteers in town, a lot of other folks who have already signed up to help us out. So um, we're really excited about that. And that kind of leads into my next question. Do you have a lot of volunteers? Yes. Yeah, we do. Of course, we're, you know, I'm telling people you can show up the morning of and volunteer. We'll always yeah. take helpers. Right. We'll always take helpers. Yeah. Uh, but we do have a lot of people who've gotten a really good response from a lot of different community groups who've wanted to get involved mm-hmm. um, with, with helping out the day of. So so we do have quite a few volunteers lined up. But, of course, always looking for more. Mm-hmm. It's It's always hard to think about, you know, when I'm on my bike all week long, um, just how many volunteers and how much planning goes into um, what happens when I get off my bike and what I see and hear and eat and all that kind of good stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, like months and months and months. And not even just from us, but I, I have been, this is the first time I've been involved in any RAGBRAI planning, so it's been really interesting to see as an organization mm-hmm. how RAGBRAI kind of walks the communities through it. It's really, it's really cool. Awesome. Yeah, they've got a lot of uh, years under their belt to help people yeah. get ready for this day. Well, when you look at, um, let's look at like the terrain coming into Keokuk, you know, what are bicyclists going to see? Um, can they see the river before they get there? Any huge hills? Um, you know, always farmland is always uh, something people love to see because not everybody is from Iowa that does rag bright. Right, right. That's true. That's mm-hmm. true. Um, so, you know, from Burlington and, and throughout Lee County, there is a lot of farmland, uh, a number of hills, lots up and down, but it is very beautiful countryside, you know, like much of Iowa is. Um, and then once 
riders have have left Montrose, which I mentioned just a few minutes ago is the the city just north to uh, north of us on the mm-hmm. riverfront. Um, from Montrose to Keokuk, cyclists will be on the river. Um, they'll be riding Mississippi River Road, which um, is a scenic river route. The entire ride to Keokuk is um, is alongside the river. Really, really beautiful views. Mm. Um, and I've actually heard some locals say the only ride better than Mississippi River is Mississippi River Road is being on the Illinois side, doing oh. the same ride on the Illinois side so that you can look at Iowa. Mm-hmm. You know, because folks don't necessarily want to look at Illinois. <laughs> um, so, um, so yeah. Uh, and then as riders come into Keokuk, there is a very large hill. I just got to put it out there. Mm. A very large hill known as Anschutz Hill. Um, it is fairly infamous, I would say, among local cyclists, but um any folks, any listeners who might have visited Ragbri or visited Keokuk on previous Ragbris, I'm sure remember it because it, it, it's pretty brutal. Um, when, when, but when you-, when you get to the top, there uh, is the most unbelievable view of the mm. river. It's one of the wide, widest parts of the river. Um, and just there at the top is uh, one of our city's largest parks and our namesake, our namesake Chief Keokuk. Um, so it makes the, the ride to the top worth it for yeah. sure. Yeah. And anytime, yeah, and go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, uh, I think TJ's mentioned before. Anytime a town names a hill, you know you're in for some elevation. <laughs> yes, yeah. It's it's. I was telling someone this morning that hill alone is the reason that I probably could not ride Ragbri. <laughs> I it's really it's it's crazy. But uh, like I said, when you get to the top, that view is is really stunning. Probably one of the best in the city, and the Instagram ability of it is is not to be missed. It's definitely a spot to to stop and take a photo mm-hmm. um yeah if you're if you're not if you're not just so focused on getting to the dip which i know some people are um but then you know past to that point folks will uh ride down grand uh grand avenue which uh lives up to its name it is um a big wide street with a lot of really gorgeous old historic homes um i've said before uh to folks talking about ragbri anyone who's riding that's interested in architecture or old homes is going to have a real treat here in Keokuk because mm. we've got an abundance of them, some real, real beauties. So, um, so yeah, that's that's kind of what what it looks like coming into town, and then once you start to get, make your way down to the dip site. Yeah, well, let's get into the dip site. What are uh, some of the details? I'm sure everyone will want to know. Sure. So, you know, up until just a week or so ago, we really were not sure what was going to happen with the dip site because like so many um, different communities in Iowa and across the Midwest, we suffered some pretty extensive flooding Mm -hmm. um, this past spring. But um, last week, the the group made the decision that the flooding has receded enough and we're going to be able to host the biggest dam dip um, at our Victory Park, which is right there on the riverfront. Um, It is a beautiful, beautiful spot to be able to enjoy the river. Uh, the hospitality committee is working on putting together a really awesome water feature mm. um, that riders will be able to go through on their way to the dip, which I think is going to be so refreshing mm-hmm. on a hot July afternoon. Um, and that water feature is is intended to mimic the spillways of the dam. I haven't oh. seen it yet, but I'm anxious to. It's going to cool. be really cool. Yeah. Um, and then Main Street Keokuk Inc. has taken on um, the Beverage Garden. They have some really fun things lined up. I mean, the Beverage Garden is always a fun place anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, they're going to have the Ragbri Beer Tailwind, which I know folks will be drinking all week long. But mm-hmm. they're also going to have some local craft beers from V's Brew Pub, which is a really fun little place here in town. Um, they're going to do some hard seltzers, which I think are really popular right now mm-hmm. and will be 
really refreshing for people. Again, a hot Saturday afternoon. Um, and then Radio Keokuk is going to be out there. Uh, we've got a locally owned radio station. They're going to be out there doing live remotes throughout the day, um, providing some some fun stuff. They're doing some fun promotions. And then Dipsite Entertainment is going to be provided by Glitter Salad. This mm-hmm. is a really, really fun band um, from here in Keokuk. They've got a really fun show, really upbeat. Uh, and they're going to be performing on top of the George and Verity Riverboat Museum, which is so exciting. I don't think there has ever been a band set up on the riverboat. How cool. Um, but they're going to be there performing. And it's the, the riverboat is actually a, um, it's one of the last paddle boats that tra- traveled on the Mississippi. Mm. Uh, and it will, it's dry docked now and it's, it's a museum that's just kind of parked right there in the heart of victory park. So it'll be really cool to see the band set up there and, and to hear them play from there. Um, and then just down the road from victory park, um, Southside boat club, which is just maybe a half mile, a mile down the road, uh, is going to be hosting, uh, the musicians memorial benefit. So they'll have, I think six or seven bands playing that afternoon. Wow. Uh, they're going to have food auctions. So, uh, there'll be a whole lot going on across the riverfront there. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yep. Well, then now if if people are going to actually, you know, who knows if people will be staying overnight and Saturday and heading back to their homes on Sunday, but maybe give us a couple must-see places they should visit while they're in Keokuk. Yeah, so I would say the National Cemetery is definitely one. Um, mm-hmm. As I mentioned, it's the first that was established west of the Mississippi. It's the only one in Iowa. Um, and it's something for everyone to see. Um and, you know, just to kind of remind us of, of who we are and how we got here and mm-hmm. um, and where we're going. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would also say the Lock and Dam is something to see. Um, you know, folks will be able to see it from from the dip site. Mm-hmm. Um, but just above the dip site, about a block away, is an old bridge that they, is no longer in use. And they have made an observation deck of it. You can get an awesome view mm. of not just the dam, but of the lock that... Um, is again one of the largest on the Mississippi, and um, it's it's something to see a barge walk through. If you if you're not from a river town, if you haven't um, seen it before, it, it's something to witness for mm-hmm. sure. Um, and then also, as I said, you know, if if folks get to the top of Anschutz Hill and they don't have the time or the energy to stop, I would say you know make a trip back over there mm-hmm. the next day because um, the view is, is absolutely worth it. Rand Park is a, a gorgeous place to just take a stroll but um the view there the scenic lookouts are not to be missed awesome i am so looking forward to it actually you know it'll be the last day anyway and it's always the last day for me is kind of a i can't wait to be done but then i really want to keep going so there's sure it sounds like there's lots going on in keokuk for everyone yeah yeah, Good. we're excited. It's gonna be it's gonna be a great day. We're really excited. Good. Well, if uh, people are listening right now and they want to kind of check out, you know, um, social media sites or websites, do you guys have um, all of those active right now? Yeah, so um, I would say com is a good one. We're, that site is going to be seeing a lot of updates in the next week or so. Mm-hmm. Um, so be checking back. And then also uh, the Keokuk Ragbri Facebook page um, has some fun things planned for the next week or two as well. So um, I would definitely definitely say hit those hit up those sites for sure. Great. Well, thank you so much, Kira, for uh, all your insight on Keokuk. And um, I'm assuming you'll be cruising around in a golf cart somewhere all day that day and the day before and the day after and... Yep. Yep. That's my plan. If I get the golf cart, that'll be really great. I wasn't expecting that, but hey, now I'm going to have to angle for one. That sounds good. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot for being on the podcast. Yeah. Thank you. Mm
Okay, we've come to the end of another edition of the Jessica Bike Podcast. Appreciate you tuning in each and every week. Um, we really do appreciate it. We've got people from all over the world that have been writing in, thanking us for, for doing this. But you know what? We appreciate you taking the time to listen. Hopefully, you learned a little bit about the Ragbri Towns this year uh, that's coming up. Thanks, Murph, for doing that. Um, just want to mention some of our sponsors, and you're going to see a lot of them on Ragbri, especially Primalware out of Denver, Colorado. Uh, great jerseys. Uh, the, the official Ragbri jerseys built by Primal and the shorts, all, all that great stuff is comes out of Denver, Colorado with Primal. Also, Bikes U, uh, Craig and April Cooper, they're going to be out there fixing bikes. Uh, they also have a great bike charter at Bikes U. They're based out of Grinnell, Iowa. And last but not least, Iowa City Convention and Visitor Bureau, also known as Think Iowa City. Uh, we were with them just the other day for for the Big Rove bicycle event and just doing some great stuff. They do have UCI coming back. Um, I know Woot Van Ort will not be at the UCI World Champions this year because he's been out there dominating the Tour de France. So that's the level of cyclists we've been seeing at those events each each and every year. So the best of the best will be coming to Iowa City real soon. So, hey, we're going to see you on Ragbri real soon. Um, hopefully you'll enjoy that, that interviews by Murph um, and, and hit some of those places up because these towns have been going all out for your enjoyment. Thank you. Thanks again for listening. Let us know what you think of the show by leaving a rating and a review. They really help us out a lot and help others find the show. For more information, check out justgobike.net. The show's theme song was written, produced, and performed by Ryan Steer.